athlete, you were training your entire life. You are so structured and wired in a different way than people who aren't. So when you lose that, it's hard to learn how to stay within that mindset of still being so structured and being that determined and being achieving your goals. But you used to have such a different escape than you do in everyday normal life. Welcome back to BTW by Emily. I am your host, Emily, founder of Health and Body, a science-backed wellness and lifestyle brand focused on helping you sharpen your life toolbox. On today's episode, I am joined by a dear friend, Atanya. She is the owner of All Sports Magazine, an international magazine focusing on blending the art of sports and showcasing all areas of sports. In today's episode, we get into all about the basics and the science behind stress and how that relates to exercise. We get into good kinds of stress, bad kinds of stress, toxic stress, and what that does to your body and our experience as athletes dealing with this kind of stress and how it is manifested in our lives. Because by the way, stress can actually be a good thing, but when it's bad, it's detrimental. So today we're going to talk about stress and the different types of stress and how stress can make you actually feel good in a certain way and how to manage it. Um, but yeah, it's perfect topic for people our age and actually anyone that's like quite young, young adult that can really manage their stress, mostly with athletes as well. Yeah, I think it's really hard when you go from being an athlete your entire life and really structured and really routine to growing out of that and then kind of finding your own way and learning how to take on life stress in a very different way. Because I think when you're an athlete, you can channel your stress and release it through your sport. But when you stop playing your sport, then how do you do that? That is so true. And, and actually, the way your your mind is already structured, it already acknowledges stress because there's so much pressure on being an athlete, etc. But yeah, a little bit more about ourselves before we start. Okay, um, my name is Emily. I am a certified exercise physiologist. Currently, I'm a graduate student going to Columbia, getting my master's in nutrition and exercise science. And yeah, I mean, I have a lot of experience with this. I grew up being an athlete pretty much until I went to college. And then since then, my relationship with working out, stress, all of the things has ebbed and flowed in a lot of different ways. And it's been a big journey for me of learning how much stress is good stress versus how much stress is working against me and working against not only my ability to perform like in daily life, but my ability to perform in just being able to work out and keep myself healthy. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit about myself as well. My name is Aitana. I'm from Peru, but I'm currently living in Barcelona in Spain. Um, I was an athlete my whole life. From I was a little girl until I was like 17, I was doing track and field, competing, traveling constantly. Loved it, but I actually left it because it was way too, too stressful for me. I was also, of course, a student and I knew that I was going to be a student for much longer because I really wanted to, you know, go to uni and, and not being like a full-time athlete. 
that was kind of hard for me. And currently I have a sports magazine in which I try to uncover the world of sports through a different lens, a more sensitive one and more like more deep one, more personal one. So a little bit more background about how we know each other and sharing my platform. I completely forgot to do that. I live in New York currently. Like I said, I'm a graduate student, but in college, I started a platform called Health and Body, and it is basically a wellness and lifestyle brand focused on helping people who experience trauma or experience any sort of high stress, high cortisol work through the aftermath of dealing with that and how it impacts their daily life on mental, physical, spiritual level. And that is how we came to be. I love your platform yeah. so much. And I'm so glad I that we get to well. collaborate on this because That's- I think being an athlete, especially is you train every single day in your mind, body, spirit. And it's such a practice of it. We like both as past athletes. And I feel like once it's like being an artist kind of once you're. No, it is. You always, you'll always be an athlete, even though of course you don't train as ever. It's always in your mind and it's always in the way you think. And this is exactly what we're going to talk about later. But yeah, we, we, as you said before, in our past life as an athlete, we had a specific activity for us to do when we felt this stress, like somebody that was giving us stress, but a way to channel it. Now it's like many things in our life make us stressed, of course, because like we're humans, and, but we don't necessarily find the things to make that stress not necessarily positive because I don't think that everything needs to be positive, but to make it work in our daily life and not make us just stop, collapse and just... I think something you touched on too earlier that is important in setting this up is that when you're an athlete, you were training your entire life. You are so structured and wired in a different way than people who aren't. And like you are structured to live your life in overdrive. I mean, as an athlete, as a child, you're going from either morning practice to school or school to after school practice. Or if you're doing school sports and club sports, probably both in a day, you're just trained to have your life, school, homework, sports, and then go to bed. Like that is your routine. You're very routine. You're very structured. So when you lose that, it's hard to learn how to stay within that mindset of still being so structured and being that determined and being achieving your goals. But you used to have such a different escape than you do in everyday normal life. Of course, couldn't agree more. But what actually is stress? Like if stress in itself is a physical or mental response to anything in your external environment. So there's a lot of different external causes that might cause stress. You could be getting fired from your job, a deadline from school. You could be feeling all the physical symptoms of that, having a fight with your friend, not even all of these bad things, but you could have like good stress in your life. You're just working really, really hard and trying to meet your goals. And when you're stressed, you might feel your heart rate increase. You might feel your palms start to sweat, your chest start to get like a little bit tight. And these are all normally good things. And there's a certain threshold that it is good until it's not good. Bear with me. We'll get a little bit more into the types of stress because there are a lot of different types of stress. There's stress that's working for you. Like when you exercise, that is a type of stress that is putting your body into a different state. 
you're going to release a little bit of cortisol. Cortisol is the hormone of stress that will cause these physiological changes in your life. There's many different classifications of stress. And one classification that you probably hear more in news and media is chronic versus acute stress. So I'm going to tell you about a different way to classify stress. So stress can either be good, positive, tolerable, or toxic. So there's three different types that I like to categorize it in. The classification is based on how stress affects the response systems in your body. So with good and positive stress, some people might not be used to describing it that way. Because when you think about stress, you're thinking about the negative and you're always going to like the extreme level of the toxic stress, but a little bit of stress is good. And when we're talking about stress or using it in our daily life, science has shown that not all stress is bad. Ooh, stress or good stress has a chemical response in the body where we're challenged in a fun way. So this could be stepping outside your comfort zone. Like skydiving is an extreme example, but if someone goes skydiving, like the adrenaline rush that they can get from that, that is a good stress response. It can make you feel excited. It can make you feel motivated, inspired. Like I know when I, and you can probably share this sentiment with working on your business. When I like am running my business, like that is such good stress. Like I love that stress because it gives you like a high on life. To be honest, it makes you feel alive. Like when I have those chemical responses, I'm like, wow, I feel freaking alive right now. And like, there's nothing wrong with having that feeling. It's just more so when you mentally start to like spiral with the stress or take it in a negative connotation that that will make the big difference on how it affects you on a physiological level. Good types of stress, challenging yourself with goals, preparing for a first day of work, big moments in your life, graduating, getting married, like meeting the love of your life, like all of these things incite these feelings of excitement. And that's what we classify as good stress. The adrenaline in the end, that's the good Mm -hmm. part. And it's a stressful moment that your body feels when something big is going to happen, right? On a physiological level, stress is just when your body's not in homeostasis. So like when your body is not its resting state, that is technically stress as you quantify it. Like me going outside and walking up and down my stairs at my four floors of a walk up here in New York, like when my heart starts racing and I'm a little bit out of breath, that's technically stress. But I wouldn't say that's bad stress that's just me carrying out like daily life activities yeah because i was when when you said all all these things i immediately thought about when when i was an athlete and how i would always think but also my coach would always tell me that you need to be a little bit stressed if you go there absolutely confident like when i was about to run on a big competition I remember this one time, it was one of my last competitions before I just said, okay, this is enough. I'm not going to be an athlete anymore. I was about to run 300 playing uh, meters, which was like my all time favorite like, <laughs> uh, yeah. kind of com- um, competition. Yeah, I don't know. Or all time favorite event. Yeah, exactly. Like, because for track, it's an event. When this one time that I was about to run this 300 meters that I would always do, I was like, okay, I've done this like 15 times in my life or even more. I'm totally fine. And I it was the time that I did one of my worst performances because I was so overconfident. And then I remember in the afternoon, I had the same exact one, but like in a group team. So everybody was like, you need, you need to go last because like uh, you're pretty fast. You need to go last. So I had so much pressure on myself that I was 
okay, I'm a little bit stressed. I've started feeling a little dizzy, you know, like the the usual. The normal nerves are like starting to kick in, the butterflies in your tummy. Yeah, yeah, the stress. Okay, I'm pretty stressed. But I don't know, I, I remember right before I was about to run, my coach told me like, you've done this a thousand times and I know you're stressed but it's good that you're stressed because it means that you're here. It's what makes you present. Exactly. Like to a certain degree, because I think there's like, which we'll get into a little bit later, but there's that type of stress that takes you out of the present moment and really into your head, which that's not good either. But like when you're in that state of stress where it's like the little bit enough to make you feel grounded and present in the moment, like, I don't know, sometimes I relate that a little bit to like social anxiety and when I'm like Mm -hmm. out in a new place and it's that like perfect mix of, okay, like stepping out of my comfort zone a little bit and like, okay, I'm not super comfortable, but I'm present, I'm here, I'm alive, like I'm in the moment. So it's having that, especially as an athlete. And when you're working through the mental game of being an athlete before a race, it's important because again, when you're cocky and you're overconfident and you feel like you know it all, you're not going to work your hardest. I thought I was like making it up when this happened. Like you need to be a little bit stressed. But then I remember um, when I was hearing a podcast by Huberman, Huberman Lab, which I love, uh, it was an episode called The Science of Setting and Achieving Goals. In that episode, he talked about uh, the importance of actually visualizing your goal, like put it in, a, in your visual field when you want to achieve your goal. So for instance, in this competition setting, you want to be first, of course, and you want to cross that line, you know, which with running, it's perfect because it's literally you go from here to the starting point to the final point, And that's the, the stressful part, you know, so it's pretty visual. So you need your, to visualize yourself like crossing that line, but literally in your mind. And once you have that, you go faster, literally you go better even if you go like walking in the streets, you know, and you want to get to a certain point. So you need to get to that building. If you go to that building looking at your phone or looking like to the side, whatever, like you're going to walk 10 times slower. If you That's so true. That's so true. I didn't even like think about that. But mentally, I sometimes do that when I'm like, on a long yeah, walk, I'm like, okay, I only have to something. make it to there. Exactly. And and I started doing it. And sometimes when I walk, I like look at a certain building and I'm just like walking. And I realize that I walk like a thousand times faster because I feel like once you're focused on your goal, of course, you're going to be stressed before competing. But it's not the only thing that's on your mind is what will happen if I don't do my best? What will happen? What will happen? You know, it's not this anxiety part, but most of what's the, the information that's on your head, it's like what you want to visualize yourself doing. So you give your head more space to play with uh, your emotions in the end. So playing with that uh, technique that he mentions, I feel like it's pretty important because you literally visualize your goal instead of just being like, anxious about achieving it yeah and I think it's important to do that I heard something once also on a podcast about the importance of when you're doing some sort of like visualization Mm -hmm. doing that while you're working out and doing the movement aspect is so powerful because you're just moving the energy within your body but also using your mind at the same time and that's something that whether you're training and for your sport or whether you're post being an athlete and just in your everyday life like using that skill in your workouts is so 
tangible and valuable for just your life goals, but also your goals in achieving achievement in your sport. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I remember at some point you were talking about like when you do something that you love and you're stressed about it, it feels better. And for both of us that have like our own business, I feel that it's pretty uh, so obvious when we said that, when we say that. But for instance, now I'm on midterms for university and I also need to do like a bunch of things for my business. And it's like whenever I need to do something like studying, like for instance, tomorrow I have an archaeology te test, you know, and it's like I'm so stressed out, like what the yeah. hell? <laughs> But I don't even want to like be in front of my computer studying. It like makes make me stressed, but it makes me like, oh, you know, like not even wanting to do it. But if I'm stressed about something for the magazine, I'm motivated to do it. I have never related to a sentence literally more in my life. I feel that so hard and I've literally been talking to my therapist about this because no. I'm like, it's hard when you're doing, and I think being a student and also running a business is just so hard in that respect in general to manage both. But when you have like your passion driven work and then you're yeah. doing stuff in school where you're just doing to achieve and like get the grade and kind of like yeah. it isn't as aligned with your like life purpose it's a lot harder yeah. and that kind of plays into like the different kinds of tolerable and toxic stress because at a certain point like you need to do it to get it done but you shouldn't stress yourself out more beyond that but I understand because the motivation to like the resistance that you feel to sit down and just do it and get it done so you can move on to doing the stuff that you love it's so hard to master yeah. that Being an athlete, it's literally in the middle of both of them because it has passion and it has, of course, the motivation and you do it in, in some way because you love it, you know, like at least most athletes love their sport. Um, but at the same time, of course, there's like this, you're a swimmer, there are these moments in which you swim and that's what you actually love to do. But of course, there's these other gym times in which you need to do the glute uh, workout, in which you need to do the heavy stuff and you don't, you're not passionate about that, you know, but it's like putting yourself in a mental state in which you know that being stressed about something that maybe you hate or just don't enjoy will make the other things better as well like it's all part of a system you know yeah and I think it's like training your mind when you're doing those things that you don't love as much to not go into a state of toxic stress about it but just keep it at tolerable like get it done get through it but it's going to eventually lead you closer to the stuff that you do love so kind of going into that the two other different kinds of stress first we'll talk about tolerable stress So tolerable stress is defined as stress that's a little bit more severe. It can intervene with just like your brain architecture, but having a strong support system outside of yourself, like having support system with family and friends or professional help with a therapist, anything of that sort that can help you cope with it and recover from it, making it a little bit more tolerable. Like I know about school, having my school support group or with athletes, having your team, like having those people to rely on and know what you're going through makes it a lot easier to move through the process. It's really, really important to know that you never have to deal with the stress alone. Like, I think that's something too that is hard because sometimes when you're an athlete, especially in an individual sport, you feel like it's all on you, but it's not. It's never. It's never all on you. you that's why you have your coaches. That's why you have your team. Like, That's why you have these other people within the field that know exactly what you're talking about mm -hmm. and can be there to support you. 
as part of the community because uh, even exactly if you're an individual athlete, you feel like you're alone. But even if, if you're in a team sport, you feel like you have, of course, it's not the same pressure. I'd say, I mean, it's obviously always, you always feel that pressure of being an athlete, but you communicate and you need to be in touch with the other um, parts of the team. But most of the time, the conversation about the bad things, for instance, stress, it's not even talked about because we need to like encourage ourselves and we need to push ourselves and you're going to do good, you're going to do good. But you like start even talking about like, hey, are you stressed? So that's so important in the sports community. Like, Yeah. And taking a step back because I think mental health, especially with stress and the pressure that athletes put on themselves, it's huge. And I'm glad that the conversation has opened up around it. But I know so many people, and I mean, I know it too, that have like silently struggled through this stress and it's only going to work against you and your coping mechanisms to deal with it. And that's where you can lead to some unhealthy coping mechanisms to deal with the stress or the pressure Mm -hmm. if you don't have the right support around you and you don't have to feel ashamed for asking for that support or Mm -hmm. asking for that help. What your support group does is it helps you develop coping mechanisms that allow you to recover from the stress that would be healthier if you just try to take it on all by yourself. And some examples of tolerable stress can be like divorce, death of a family member. You make it all the way to your national championship and losing that game. Like those big moments that are like life-defining moments that are inevitably going to happen in your career. Like you don't win every game when you're unless you're like the prodigy of the sport, but like you don't win everything and that's fine. But it's dealing with the pressure and the stress that either coaches can sometimes give you and like make you feel or the pressure and the stress that you're giving yourself to achieve this level of performance that having this outside system and healthy coping mechanisms will make it more tolerable. A little bit about what happens when you don't have healthy coping mechanisms and you kind of just take everything on for yourself and you're really just like putting so much pressure on yourself and putting so much stress on yourself is toxic stress. Mm -hmm. And like every story needs a villain. You can be your own worst enemy in this respect with stress. Toxic stress is the most threatening form of stress and it's the most lasting and severe form of stress that occurs when you the person doesn't have any support either from an outside system or just professional help, mm-hmm. caregiver, anything like that. And this type of stress can disrupt your organ systems. It can cause lifelong health problems. This is something that me and you have talked about a lot because having toxic stress earlier in our lives as athletes contributed to the both of us having hormone health issues now, essentially, because it's disrupting the way that our body regulates itself. You might be wondering like why this type of stress is so severe that it can kind of disrupt your brain chemistry and it can disrupt the chemistry of a developing brain. A really good example of this, I think, in the sports world and a prevalent example of this is eating disorders. And like when you put your body through that much stress, when you're overtraining, under eating or going through like yo-yoing of different diets, your body needs fuel as an athlete. Fuel is the most important driver, but when you get so stressed, it will affect the first thing it affects is your metabolism. And it's going to affect how hungry you are, how much you want to eat. Your brain can play into that if you're having anxiety and all of those emotional symptoms that come along with stress. And that is something that can, if you're not eating enough and your metabolism is thrown off, that'll throw up everything in your body. It'll throw off your hormones. It'll throw off 
a lot of things. And I think a really prevalent issue that especially female athletes see is a female athlete triad. And that's something that to be very mindful of because toxic stress can turn into you losing your period, causing more injury, more bone fractures, all of these things, because you're more prone to injury if you're not feeling yourself right. Mm -hmm. And that is all the result of just being so, so stressed within your body. So that's just a really good example within the sports community itself. But outside of the sports community, emotional abuse, any sort of abuse or even traumatizing event in the respect of like losing a family member and then not having a caregiver after having a very disruptive childhood Mm -hmm. those things can all contribute to just your nervous system being in consistent overdrive and that is the biggest result of this toxic stress is overactive sympathetic nervous system which your body is basically like in fight or flight all the time and who wants to be in fight or flight all the time like I like resting but if you're living in a state of toxic stress your body will never feel like it can relax because it will never feel like it's safe 100 percent I couldn't agree more. And I feel like the most important thing I'd say I that stuck with me when you say all these things is that basically it's like stress can be your wake-up call. But of course, like uh, there's this phrase from a health coach on Instagram. Her name is Ioana, I-O-A-N-N-A. And she said, stress is a mechanism where your body has to communicate us to do something. So I feel like that's so, so, so important. So yes, yeah, stress is our wake-up call but at the same time we need to balance that but how do we balance the levels of stress in our body when it's so hard when we're such emotional beings even if you're like the most rational person ever there's some point in your life with sports or with your regular life in which you just don't know how to handle all all the stress you've got so um, and I think with athletes too it's hard because the way that you learn to balance stress is exercising but there's a very very fine line yeah Yeah, because it's your stress release but there's a very fine line with exercise and it it, again it's good stress until it's not until it's not that line of exercise and cortisol is being taken to a different extreme or your body's just dysregulated, then cortisol is going to affect you much differently in terms of exercise versus if your body was balanced and healthy and normal. Yeah. When I was uh, really like a full-time athlete, I remember my comfort zone was going for a run. It's what I always did best. Like I knew that I have pretty like putting my music on going on a run in my my neighborhood that made me feel so so good but I was like I was an athlete of track and field so I was running the whole time so when I would be stressful what would I do go for a run so I would Mm -hmm. over training my body but not in a way of like okay I need to be best at it but most of the time that the sport that, that you do is also your comfort zone so it's like okay I feel bad because of what I love so I'll do what I love even more and that can be a little bit of a loop well a lot of a loop so one thing that I could really advise for most people it's differentiate our peripersonal space from our extra personal space so what are these two concepts the peripersonal space it's what happens under our, our control what happens in your body and mind. So everything that happens in your personal space is your ability to run, your thoughts, your the way your body moves, the levels of energy that you've got, everything related to you and what you can control about yourself. 
But then there's this other concept that it's your extra personal space, which is everything that's totally outside of you. So what's the weather? What people will think of you? If you're going to win or not. So once again, going to the, the example of the competition, you're so stressed because of course you want to win. What's in your personal space? Having the ability for your legs to move, controlling your heartbeat, controlling your thoughts, controlling the how nervous you are. You only focus on yourself. If you're going to win, if somebody's going to fall, if there's somebody else competing with you that's looking at you in a certain way, because that would always happen. Like So you like differentiate these two parts, your, what's on your body and what's outside of it. And believe me, everything starts to make at least a little bit more sense. So I mm-hmm. think that's, that's one way we can keep some levels of stress because even if you're, we're focused in our personal space, we still can be like absolutely uh, stressed and we can be, okay, so this is all that's going on. There's all these things that are about to happen, but at the same time, we release out of everything that's not under our control so mm-hmm. yeah that's one way of, of doing it so uh how do different levels of stress of stress look as you said before there's many levels of stress and the low low levels are when you like are not stressed at all before this uh big big events in your sporting career uh when you feel unenergized and focused you feel like you have no purpose. And this also happens when you're burnt out, way too much stress. And you're like, okay, I'm gonna let go out of everything. And that does tend to happen to me because I'm very extreme. <laughs> it's like, oh, I have the okay. all or nothing mindset. That'll get ya. Yes, that will get <laughs> And I was always like, okay, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to feel like super stressed. Or I just forget about everything. So if you get Because to it's point, like also that level of perfectionism too. Exactly. Of like, you're either like doing it right and you're doing it or you're not doing it at all. Exactly. And that's something that happens so much in the sports world. Right levels of stress, you feel energized. You're interested about what you're doing. And then the high levels of stress, when you said like the toxic, you are obsessed you're panicked, you can be depressed, you can be anxious. So there's many, many levels of stress in which you can just learn how to control so that you're in the right level because there is a right level of stress and I cannot make enough stress about it. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) There is a right level of, of stress and the only thing that we need to do is balance it because of course, I know the only thing, it's the hardest thing in the end. I mean, yeah. And at the end of the day, like, you can't escape stress. Life at this point in time until like our society completely changes is built off of stress and productivity and all of these things. And it's a great thing until it's a bad thing. You have to learn that fine balance and what that looks like for everyone is so individualistic. But finding those things that help you stay at that right level, that's where the magic is. And there's just like in terms of being an athlete and not being an athlete, because I think even more so when you're out of your athlete space, because when you're in your athlete space, recovery and recovering from injury, especially is so important. And there's such a drive to take care of yourself in that respect. Mm -hmm. But when you're out of being an athlete, you transition to just like working out on your own on top of everything else that you have going on in your life. Injury can be a lot more prominent and just as much as prominent as it is when you're in the sport. Because if you're dealing with these high levels of stress, recovery is a lot harder on a physiological level. 
So, so recent also related to injury. Yes. Yeah, so stress and injury can are easily relatable. And it doesn't only have to do with overtraining. Like it's just on even just how your body recovers after a workout. If you're super stressed, your muscle fibers are not going to absorb as much of your protein levels or whatever you're consuming nutritionally because your body is digesting it in a completely different way than if you were relaxed. Yeah. And just in terms of overtraining, recent studies have shown that increased psychological stressors slow down the rate of strength recovery from strength training workouts because it will inhibit short-term muscular recovery with resistant exercise. And that is through mechanisms of just like your fibers in your muscles being able to break down and recover as easily as they do if you're in a normal body and you're relaxed, the way the mechanism works is that your body will break down the fibers and they'll rebuild. But if you're in a stress state, your body is using all of its energy for other things. It's using all of its energy to calm your heart rate down. It's using all of its energy to keep your immune system right. Your muscles are going to be the last thing that it's going to send its energy towards. So that's where you see especially like with athletes who have this toxic stress, their result of their ability to get injured is much, much higher. And an important note with that too, is if you have done this for years, it doesn't matter if your body is recovered, the years of damage are still there. So Mm. in a good example of this, I was talking to an athlete once and she was telling me that like from her eating disorder recovery, like at that point in time in her athletic career, she had been recovered from her eating disorder. But she was still so prone to injury because of the years of overtraining that she had had. I can personally speak to this as well because now I'm currently in pelvic floor therapy because my hip muscles and all of those muscles for me have been tight for years and years and years. But I used to be a runner and I used to be a long distance runner, like marathon running on top of playing my sport of lacrosse in high school. So when I was putting all of that impact on my hips and on my body, now, even years later, I haven't played my sports or done a marathon or been in that running regimen in probably like four years. But I was talking to my doctor because I was like, oh, I really think like eventually I want to do the New York marathon. And she's like, that's not happening, at least for like another year and a half. Like you need to give your body the ability to lengthen your muscles again, a lot of stretching, a lot of that before you can do think about going back into putting that much stress on your hips. And that was crazy to me because I'm in the field and I was like, what? What are you talking about? But you have to give yourself so much time to allow your muscles, your muscles when they're overtrained and over impact are going to shorten and tighten. So you have to give it years to lengthen back up and really recover from that before you're not going to get injured. Yeah, of course. Now that you say all these things, I can really link it to a, to what I'm going through like currently actually I would say I I was an athlete until I was like 17 18 but I still did like a very high level of of working out uh I would do like uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu tennis and actually going for okay. like you no know, I was doing like six seven times a week like for four more years kind of but when I moved to Barcelona, which was like about a year ago, it's when I stopped like working out because I didn't have enough time. I was like going through a bunch of stuff. So anyways, I remember that that's when I started getting depressed and I like I'm 
currently on a depression treatment, like I'm on pills, whatever, like I have therapy, like I go to a psychiatrist, etc. But the thing that I feel like made me the most mad about being like actually depressed was the fact that I couldn't work out as I did before. Because my body Oh 100,000% and I feel you on that one. I've been like so 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 unenergized. I not even because I don't know like I would cry and then okay, of course I don't like have enough energy or whatever. But my muscles would burn so easily. Like I would go for a little run. I used to run like um I don't know 7 kilometers a day before like now, if I run like one or two songs, it's like my muscles hurt so much and they hurt for days. And this is, as you said, because of the injury that causes your in your body in the past. So my yeah. I've been running and my muscles are like tired of it, you know, like 10, 15 years of running nonstop. I mean, that's way too much for your body. And once yeah. you stop it and if you go through an emotional thing, and as you said, injuries related to stress and of course, if it's related to stress, it means that it's related to depression, anxiety, uh, even being sad, you know, like when, when I don't know if this ever happened to you, but when you would go to practice being sad or like when you just had a fight with somebody or whatever, you yeah, as good as you would if you'd go like absolutely, you know, it's been yeah. whatever. So yeah, that's, that's something that's currently on my plate. My body just doesn't. I mean, I mean even for me, as someone who did experience an eating disorder and now like has hormone health problems, like I used to hit and like boxing, like those were my like happy places as an as post athlete. Yeah. And for the past year and a half, I haven't been able to do either of those because my body, it's too much stress on my cortisol levels. I wake up in the morning and my cortisol levels are already much higher than the normal person. I, I would used to make fun of people that do yoga. And this is another- Oh, same. Same. I was such a judgy like yeah, person because I, mean, I was like, you, you know, just do fun. yoga and Pilates, but you have to learn like what your body is asking for versus what yeah, it's not. Exactly. I mean, the, the ego that you have when after being an athlete, you start seeing everything as a competition and you start like overdoing yourself because you want to know that you can achieve all these things. I mean, that's that's a whole other conversation, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but going back to muscle and emotion, like you yeah. just talked about and stress, I think it's really important to touch on, which this could also be a whole nother conversation, but just really quickly, our emotions are stored in our muscles. Our muscle cells like have the ability to have that memory. So for me, I can speak from my own personal experience. I and women in general carry a lot of emotional stress in their hips. So for me, having a lot of a very disruptive childhood and having a lot of stress in my life as a child, that contributed to me in my entire career being an athlete, having really tight hips. And that's something that's I never really dealt with as an athlete. Like I would just stretch, do whatever. But now <laughs> I'm 23 years old and having to go to a physical therapist for it because th that's the only option that there is. And so when you start to learn how to relate, like some people carry a lot of stress in their lower back. Back issues is a huge thing. Like your shoulders, like all of those areas of your body, your muscles will carry that emotion and it will carry that and what they do because of it is tense up and shorten so it's really important to when you're dealing with stress and dealing with these things or going through any emotional periods of your life realize and like tune into your body and this is something that athletes 
are very good at athletes know their bodies really well. They know how to just like get out of their heads, tune into their bodies, tuning into your body and really feeling where you feel tension is a big, big teller. And honestly, as much of work in balancing your stress as doing the mental stuff or having the support system outside of you. Well, that's so, so interesting that muscles and emotions are so connected because I literally remember it. And this was like not so long ago, you know, because it was on, we're currently in November. It was in May that I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. So that's when I realized that I couldn't run as I did before and that it had already been like months of that, but I didn't know what it was. I thought that I had like a problem on my knees. I had a problem like a a cardio problem. (laughs) And the the knee pain. Oh my God, I feel that. What the hell? It was like, what? What? Or are your you- joints, like your joints, you feel oh it God, so here. much, like your elbows, your knees, your hip <laughs> joints. Like that is one of the biggest places that you can feel this stuff. It it will carry that. And a lot of the time, if you go to a doctor, they'll like tell you you have autoimmune or something wrong with you in that respect because a lot of that pain is related to that. But you feel that pain when you're feeling your emotions or your stress out of balance. Yes. So I cannot be more of an advocate for therapy for athletes, for athletes and in general for for people. Like I I always went to therapy. I love it. I feel like it's such an important part of getting to know yourself, your traumas, even if you think that everything's all right. Hell yeah. I've been in therapy for 10 years. It's the best thing in the world. It's the best thing in the world. And I cannot say this enough to people that just don't go to therapy because mostly, I mean, of course, like focus on athletes and sports. And I'm going to talk about this like specifically. So therapy for athletes, I mean, you need to have a psychologist because of the amounts of stress that is in your plate constantly the pressure that you constantly feel but also there's many other things once you stop being an athlete i mean even if you don't like you realize how much ocd there's in the stress world mostly with numbers you're constantly trying to measure everything because everything is times everything is how much you train how much you weight you lose how much how much you score what number you're in the table like it's constantly numbers and this constant game with numbers it's what can lead you to a big OCD episode and I had Mm -hmm. a couple of this I've been constantly like what time is it what time is it what time is it I had like a full year of what time is it to all my friends and people would be like hey nobody cares about what time is it you know you're the only one wait that's so interesting because I never noticed that like now thinking back that Mm -hmm. totally was an issue for me when I first transitioned wow right I, I remember like even now last week I was with the I live with two friends in an apartment and I was with one of my friends and he was like making himself lunch at like 11 a.m I was like are you having lunch and he was like yeah yeah I'm hungry like for lunch and I said like what what time is it and instead of saying like uh, it's 11 a.m he said like why do you ask for the hour instead of just listening to your body right now and I yeah. was like wow but it is like that stuff like that, though, can manifest into other areas of your life, especially when you're running a business where yeah. you have to be so structured. And like when you're translating into that, like I noticed that now I still do that with like business stuff. I'm like, what time is it? What time is it? What yeah, time what is, is it? it? That, that, that yeah. all the time of like hours. And there is uh, an article. It's like um, 
anthropology article that I loved, which is called Baseball Magic by George Melk. He's, uh, I love his, his anthropological approaches always. And he basically talks about the little games of OCD and obsession that athletes have. But at the same time, this game with superstition things, like when you have this, I have this. And if I don't have this, it's going to be a bad day. And I would literally think that. And I remember I would run, like I ha I would have like my sports bra here and I would put this like here, you know? But it, it had to be there. So all these games that sports plays with your mind, you know, it's like, it's funny, it's cute, like whatever, you have your special thing. No. But it can be- It's funny and it's cute till it's not. It's not cute. I, I can stop touching it now. Okay, stop. <laughs> <laughs> stop. But yeah, um, like- Go to therapy, basically. <laughs> Literally. Go to therapy. Go to therapy. Just having a third impartial party to and listen yeah. to you. You talk to this uh, about this to your parents. are going to be like, yeah, you know, I love you. I love that you're an athlete with your friends. You're like, oh, my God. Yes, blah, blah. You need Your to friends won't validate your experience as much as a therapist can. And like, mm -hmm. I mean, I think an important factor, too, for athletes, you're so analytical in your athlete brain. Like, that's just how you operate that I understanding why you do the things that you do. And that has been one of the biggest things in <laughs> therapy for me is like understanding the why and connecting things like that makes all the difference in my brain to understanding behavior and when you're an analytical brain like you are when you're an athlete knowing these things will help you so much in dealing with stress mm, yeah I could not agree more really also another thing about stress and therapy is your approach to social life which I'm sure you're like kind of in touch with so oh, yeah Stress and social functioning, uh, the high levels of anxiety and burnout that you feel when you're stressed, this can really lead to social isolation. And this can really lead to just being thinking all the time that, okay, I need to do this. I need to do this. So I won't hang out with my friends. I'm not going to do anything that's not like productive, whatever. And this has also, of course, to do with drinking and partying, etc. You I mean, when I was an athlete, I would barely even like, I wouldn't drink, of course. And I, and I wouldn't party like the minimum least because I mm -hmm. would say, okay, no, I'm an athlete. I need to go to bed at like 10 a, at 10 PM, wake up at 6 AM. I still have the same routine, like until now, which is crazy. All these restrictions that we make ourselves socially are things that need to be talked about because one day eventually you're gonna be like not necessarily just older but also you realize the importance of your relationships in your life and how having healthier relationships in your life can really affect the way you feel also the way you perform so if it's all about performance for you like it does actually like work that way as well so if you want to have better performance have healthy relationships but also have have healthy relationships just to have a healthier one with yourself so yeah I mean social life and therapy a must for athletes yeah and just like learning the balance of having your social life especially when you leave being an athlete and like the importance of it but still while managing everything else you have going on in your life. Because I know that this is something that's easy for me is like in running a business, being a student, it's really hard not to just want to like shut away from the world and get everything done. But like you need that support group to make your stress more tolerable. 
and have enough self-esteem as well because uh, if everything in your life is about the productivity and levels of performance that you have your self-esteem tends to decrease a lot constantly but if you're just with people and this also like goes into the business mind you know when you start seeing everything as okay this will be helpful for something that will happen like not everything needs to be related to be productive and just going with a friend to drink something and talk about the most silly things can be the most healing part of your life and actually just a random point but when at the beginning of the podcast you said that your business was called health and body mm-hmm. I thought that I it was heal them body like yeah. I mean it's a play on words like health and body to me just because it's like health and then em my name's Emily and okay. all my friends call me M so like health and body but like people say like heal the body help yeah. heal them body so like yeah, it's, it was whatever, it's whatever you want it to be at the end of the day it all oh, relates the same okay. message oh love it <laughs> yeah So just some tips of things that you can do to add to your toolbox and help manage this stress. You can devote your time to learning new things. Again, not being obsessive about it, but like doing it for the pure enjoyment of it and to fuel your passions, like doing things for the pure fun of it. Something Mm -hmm. I like to ask myself a lot is like, what did I love doing as a kid? And like, what qualities did I love having as a kid? Because fueling that side of me and feeling those passions always feels fulfilled and it gives me that good trust it gives me that excited feeling challenge yourself physically through exercise but setting smart goals with it and a smart goal is specific measurable achievable realistic and timely so key words realistic you want to challenge yourself within your reins and as an athlete you know what your body is capable of listen to your body and just Set those goals to just continue getting better and better, but not at a rate that your body can't handle. You have plenty of time to do it. I know our society makes you think that you don't have enough time to do anything, but you do have time. And then just incorporating things in your life that will push you out of your comfort zone and allow you to grow. Like the uncomfortable is where you grow the most, in my opinion. And having that little bit of like kick in your ass sometimes or like just good stress is something that will fuel your fire in a way that is very different than something that you're dreading doing. And it's just like you're very in your head about. Can't agree more. And oh my God, how much did I enjoy this conversation? I know. Because I feel like when somebody will listen to it, somebody that has been or is currently in the same place will know that they're not alone. And this is something that everybody talks about, like, you're not alone, you're not alone, but not very people talk about those things in which you're not alone. in. So talking about them is so, so, so important. Because we need this space, you know, we need this space. Yeah. Talking and sharing and saying, okay, this has happened to you as well. Okay, because we always tend to think that we're the center of the world. We're going to die and we're going to... No, literally, like the world does revolve around you. It is your world. Everyone else is living in it. But don't put enough pressure on yourself where you think you have to do it alone. Because at the end of the day, like we are all connected. The fact that we met on Instagram and just like bonded like this across the world from each other, like that is something to me that's so special. Like literally across, (laughs) yeah, exactly, across the world. And it's crazy what you can do when you lean into community and people to support you. Like the people will show up if you just lean into it. Exactly. And if you ever want to reach out to us, DMs are always open. 
As always, thank you guys for listening. And if you want to explore any other science-backed topics on the podcast, we are on Spotify Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. If you want to read anything else about this topic specifically, you can go to our blog at www.healthandbody.com. And for our socials on Instagram, you can find us at BTW by Emily and at Health and Body. And on TikTok and Pinterest, you can find us at, at Health and Body. As always, we hope you learned something new and got to sharpen your life toolbox.